The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in, everyone. This is a Friday edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. No Tom Leach today. He is en route to Auburn, as the Kentucky Wildcats will take on the Auburn Tigers tomorrow in week one of the SEC. I am Billy Rutland. You can follow me on Twitter, at BillyRSports. we got a uh, a pretty fun show lined up for you today, our guest lineup. Uh, Philip Marshall will be our undercover Auburn source for 24-7 Sports. He will join us, our first guest today. Uh, to talk about the Auburn Tigers. Kentucky, a seven-and-a-half point underdog going into this game. In this one, we'll get his thoughts. Coming up a little later, before the bottom of the hour, Justin Rowland will join us on the hotline talk from Cats Illustrated to talk all things Kentucky. And then to wrap it up, Jeremy Jarman of the UK Sports Network will join us here on the Leach Report to talk about the Cats. But again, Tom Leach, Jeff Picoro, and Dick Gabriel en route to the Plains for Auburn and Kentucky. I am Billy Rutledge, along with Shannon the Dude back in Louisville. Shannon, good to talk to you again, my friend. I've feel like it's been a, quite a while since we've spoken. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, it has been a long time. So you're actually in the studio, which I'm assuming there in Lexington, no one ever uses that studio, right? Everybody's working from home. Yeah, correct. Um, just like I imagine it is in Louisville, it has been a ghost town here. I am usually the only one in the building, and today I am actually using the studio, the only one to use the studio since uh, March, since everything happened. So... We are up and running and good to go. And, and Shannon, I'm glad you're joining me today. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, we've had college football for the last couple of weeks, but around here we just care about Kentucky and Auburn. Tomorrow at noon is going to be, a, I think, a really good game. Uh, from from what I've heard from Tom Hart, Cole Kublik, they say that it's going to be sort of a, a, a low-scoring game, which I think you can expect coming out. You know, you're jumping in jumping in the hot water immediately to kick off the season. You don't have those cupcake games to, to kick off the season and sort of get your offense and everyone into the flow of things. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see Terry Wilson uh, coming back out there. You know, it's going to be very anticipated by all of all of us uh, who, who have been waiting to see what he can do. I mean, he's 12-3 and three as a starter. I think we forget that. And I, I don't know when there's ever been so much hype about a backup quarterback as there has this year. <laughs> When you got a guy who's twelve and three as a starter, why are we even talking about Joey Gatewood? Yeah, I don't think they'll need him. Uh, honestly, if Kentucky is going to be able to pull off the upset, Terry he's not Wilson, eligible yet, though. Right, that has been a huge yeah. question mark. Uh, Stoops did talk about yesterday in his press conference whether he'll be eligible or not. We may get into that a little bit more, but let, let's just jump right into the Wildcat news of today of the day. It is official: all five power conference leagues will be playing football this fall. As yesterday, the Pac-12 voted to return and will be playing college football. Uh, they return November sixth and will play a seven-game season, with the championship game being on December eighteenth. There will be no fans at all in these Pac-12 games. And Commissioner Larry Scott said yesterday that their partnership with Quidel to provide daily rapid result testing was the game changer as the Pac-12 now decides they will be playing college football. And Shannon, I'm not sure that the Pac-12 would be coming back to play if they were the only conference saying this, right? I think this is um, a little bit of following the SEC and their leadership, the Big Ten, 
getting back into all this. I'm not sure the Pac-12 would have made this decision if they were the only conference moving forward. We, we know who now rules college football. It's the SEC because, you know, the Big Ten thought they were going to come out and they were going to postpone their season and everybody was going to follow, which the Pac-12, Pac-12 did. But when the SEC announced that they were going to come back, I kind of had the feeling that people were going to change course. You know, the Big 12 was going to change course. Or not the Big 12, Big 10 and uh, Pac-12 were going to change course and come back and actually play. But at this point, they've, they've played the hokey pokey so much. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. I don't even care about the Pac-12 right now. But I am happy for for those players in the Big yeah. 10 and, and Pac-12 that they're actually able to play. They never oh. really had a choice in the matter. So I'm, Absolutely. I'm glad they have a season. Absolutely. And you got to commend the commitment of SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. I think without his leadership, none of this would have happened this fall. Some more news notes. There will be no win requirements to play in a bowl game in college football in 2020 if this is approved by the NCAA Council next month. So possibly, Shannon, we could be seeing two zero-win teams (laughs) battle it out for a bowl game. Do you like that idea, or are you kind of on the side where you need to earn it to play in the postseason? I love it. Vanderbilt may actually play in a bowl game this year. (laughs) No, uh, I think you need to have a minimum. I think, you know, with playing 10 games for the SEC, and I think some are playing just, what, eight is that right? Right. Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I, I think you need at least four wins. I think that needs to be the minimum. I think you need to cut it off somewhere. Otherwise, it's just a participation trophy if everybody gets in. Why even play the season? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you, but this is the only year we have this chance, right, Shannon? Like, we could have the real toilet bowl when it comes to two <laughs> zero-win teams. So, you know, it is one of those wild years. Um, I would love to see something like that. No, they, uh, talk, it, they talk sort of like, you know, doing that with uh, with college basketball where every team gets in. You know, as as crazy as that would be, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like that undermines the season if you let everybody in. Yeah. See, why have a regular season at all if right. you're going to do that? Right. So uh, we'll see if what decisions made are there. We mentioned the Pac-12. The Mountain West is back as well. They'll play an eight-game season starting October 24th. Yesterday on Thursday night football, Miami defeated Jacksonville 31 to 13. Josh Allen had two total tackles and a sack. And Lynn Bowden was inactive for the Dolphins in week two. He had one catch for negative one yard. So hoping for better things to come for Lynn Bowden. And finally, the Lakers defeated the Nuggets last night 114 to 108 in the Western Conference Finals. LA now leads the series three to one. And Jamal Murray had one of the sweetest layups that I have ever seen. If you have not seen it, get on Twitter and look it up. Jamal Murray with 32 points and eight assists. The Nuggets down three to one, but they've done it twice already in this playoffs against the Jazz and the Clippers coming back. So we'll see what they can do next. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming up, our guest lineup, Philip Marshall of 24-7 Sports covering the Auburn Tigers will join us. This is the Leach Report, Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Welcome back. 16 past the hour here on this Friday edition of the Leach Report. I'm Billy Rutledge, filling in for Tom Leach. Follow me on Twitter at Billy R Sports. Guest on the Leach Report come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And now joining us is Philip Marshall. He's a columnist covering everything Auburn for Auburn.27Sports.com. Philip, big thank you to joining us. And and I think I'm confident enough in saying that with just about 27 hours away from kickoff that we are going to have an SEC football season. I am finally confident enough in that we are going to get kicked off. How are you doing today, Philip? I'm good. It looks that way, at least. <laughs> well, like we've all had our season. Favorite- 
That's right. We've all had our fingers and toes crossed, and now we are just about 27 hours away. The Kentucky Wildcats, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs down on the plains against Auburn. Philip, what do you got in this Auburn football team this year? What are your expectations? And, and when you're thinking about Auburn football, is it always expecting to get to an SEC championship? What is, what are the, what are the, what is the docket this year? Well, I would say that's always the goal, and they always feel like they uh, they always feel like that they should they should have an opportunity. I I don't know that you can say when you play Alabama and Georgia every year uh, that that you can say that uh, you expect it. I mean, I think uh, I mean I'm sure the players would probably tell you they expect it. Everybody's undefeated right now, but I think this I think this has a chance to be a, a good team. Maybe a really good team by the time it's over, but uh, uh, it's a little more. You know, there's questions to be answered here in this first game for sure. I mean, they've got a uh, an offensive line that hasn't played together, and uh, obviously they lost two great players on the defensive line last from last year, Derek Brown and and Marlon Davidson. Though they they feel pretty good about, I think they feel pretty good about their defense really from from front to back. Uh, the biggest question, the biggest question is that offensive line. I mean, because I think anybody that's having to replace a lot of offensive linemen is kind of, it's a problem this year because with no spring practice and, uh, and also having some guys miss time during camp that, uh, they haven't, they haven't worked together as a unit as much as, as you would like for them to. And that obviously is, is critical to playing successfully on the offensive line. That's right, Auburn replacing four offensive line starters and seven starters on the defensive end. And Philip, all eyes will be on Bo Nix, the SEC Freshman of the Year, but uh, you know, behind the scenes in the offense, Chad Morris becomes the fourth different play caller in the last five years for Auburn, the former Arkansas coach. How do you think that relationship is going to gel, and do you expect a little bit more up-tempo offense from them this year? Uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's, it's, this is the first for, for Gus. Uh, right now, in that, in the Chad, though Chad Morris, the, the basics of his offense are are similar to Gus. It's it's, it's different with different terminology. I, I I think you'll see him throw the ball more, uh, and and maybe go up tempo more. Uh, but they they are they are big time buds. Gus and, and Chad are so. Uh, uh, it would appear that uh, it's going to be Chad's show on offense. Eddie Grand makes his return to Auburn this weekend, the special teams and running back coach for 10 years at the University of Auburn from 1999 to 2008. Also a part of that 2004 national title game. He uh, he coached some pretty good running backs back in those days, Philip. As a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan myself, I remember Cadillac Williams, also Ronnie Brown as well. I'm, I'm sure Auburn faithful is going to be happy to see Eddie return. Uh, I'm sure they will. Eddie's, Eddie is a good friend of mine. Uh we we did a little book together on his on his young daughter who passed away, uh, uh, so I, I know Eddie extremely well. Think a whole lot of him and his family, and uh, uh, he's uh, he, I think that from what he said, he's looking forward to being here. And I'm sure for, you know he'll I don't know how many people he'll, he'll be able to see, but Cadillac obviously will be there and. Uh, and Ronnie Brown is the uh, is the sideline commentator for the radio broadcast. I don't know what his 
I don't know how that's going to work in the whole COVID thing, but uh, but he, he should. He, I would think he would be able to see both of those guys, and they think a lot of it too. Eddie Graham was very very highly thought of here, and he certainly seems to have done a great job there. Especially, I thought what I thought what he did last year uh, after the quarterback got hurt and basically played the rest of the season with a wide receiver and quarterback was uh, was pretty remarkable. Really, I thought it was one of the if you were looking for an assistant coach or who did something really special last year, I would say that was it. Yeah, I completely agree. And you mentioned Eddie Grand may not be able to get the opportunity to meet as many people as he'd like. Uh, that no. that fan uh, issue with the SEC and what we'll see in Auburn on Saturday, about eighteen to 20,000 people, some students in the stands. How do you think and uh, predict that the lack of fans in the stands will impact this game? Do you think that's an advantage for the road team? Well, I think well, it's going to be pretty much all students. <laughs> what they're doing here, it's uh, it'll be a large percentage students. Uh, well, of course, I don't think there's any question whether it's Auburn or anybody. Uh, uh, you lose some home field advantage by by what's going on now. I mean, it's uh, it's a big game at Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, uh, a big time. If you're on offense, you're not going to be able to hear. <laughs> but that, won't, that obviously won't be the case Saturday. So that's a uh, that's a plus for the visiting team. Like I said, wherever whatever game you're talking about, I think that uh, you know I, I think there's still some advantage to playing at home, and and they'll have enough fans there to be heard, uh, and and familiar surroundings and sleeping in your own bed and all all that kind of stuff. But uh, but certainly not as much of an advantage as it normally would be. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about playing off the emotion of the fans. Um, but, you know, sure. what the SEC has learned by delaying till September 26 and waiting the extra three weeks is, is that pumped in or no crowd noise at all sounds weirder than pumped in crowd noise. So I think that, uh, with the students there, I think that there will be some sound and, uh, it'll sound close to normal, but it'll be nothing close to what Jordan Hare normally sounds like philip i really appreciate you joining us this morning and and before we let you go we talked about bo nicks we talked about chad morris who are some guys that kentucky fans are going to be seeing on saturday for auburn maybe some guys flying around the field some playmakers like kj Britt, and and maybe some wide receivers that we'll see on saturday well obviously the uh, the three linebackers kj kj Britt, and uh owen papo and uh the kobe mclean uh are, are big time players. All three of them are. And, uh, uh, and wide receiver Anthony Schwartz is probably the fastest guy, or if he's not the fastest guy in college football, he's in the top two or three. And, uh, uh, of course the, 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 uh, Eli Stove, who was, who was, who was a senior and, uh, and of course Bo, and they got four running backs, but the, the uh, uh, the guy that's going to start is is uh, Sean Chivers, who is about five seven, but he's really fast, and he's you, you, you may have seen him run over Alabama's safety for the winning touchdown and knock his helmet off in the Iron Bowl last year. And uh, uh, so uh, they got played, and on defense, you know they they have to replace a lot of starters, but but. Uh, just about all those guys, not all of them, but just about all of them have played a good bit. Jermaine Sherwood, the, the safety, uh, Kevin still thinks he's he, he's got a chance to be be a, a, a really great player 
and uh, uh, at a cornerback guy named Roger McCreary, who played about half half the snaps last year, so he, he's played a lot. Uh, one interesting guy is a uh, guy named Colby Wooden, who was a redshirt freshman, who just came on like gangbusters during during mm-hmm. camp, and uh, is going to start a defensive tackle now. He uh, they they had some guys in quarantine on the defensive line, and that may be part of the reason why. I don't know. They'll, they'll all be back, but they missed a good bit of practice time. Yeah, that will be a very interesting storyline to watch as the season progresses. You can follow him on Twitter at PMarshOnAU, covering everything Auburn sports for 24-7. I, missed, I left out Seth Williams on the receivers, who's probably the best. Uh, uh, he was their leading receiver last year. He's about 6'4", and uh, he's an NFL guy, and he, he would probably be, if you were going to say who is the number one receiver, it would be him. All right. Thank you very much, Philip, for joining us. All right. Have a great day. We're going to take a break. We'll be back here on The Leach Report. This is The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Welcome back. Just a short segment here before the bottom of the hour break. This is The Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. I'm Billy Rutledge, and now on our celebrity hotline is Justin Rowland of CatsIllustrated.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Roland's Rivals. And, and Justin, just a, a minute or two here, but, I mean, are you surprised at all? Before before we talk about SEC and uh, the Kentucky-Auburn game, are you surprised at all from the news from the Pac-12 in the Mountain West of uh, returning the fray and uh, playing college football this year? Yeah, I didn't think it was a given that the Pac-12 was going to play just because they're dealing with so many issues in terms of staff layoffs at the conference level and, you know, the different legal situations on the West Coast for the schools in terms of practicing, and and they just seem so far behind. But, you know, it's not a surprise given that every other conference, I guess other than the MAC now, is is going to play. It would have been a huge hit to the conference's credibility and, and its stature in the college football world. And then there's the financial aspect that they say isn't playing into it, but yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that eventually it's going to be all the conferences following one another's lead. Yep, all five power conferences, conference leagues will play this fall. And Justin, if you'll just stick around, we're going to hit our bottom of the hour break here. Starting November 6th, it'll be a seven-game season for the Pac-12, but they'll try to play that in seven weeks. So no margin for error. Already 21 games canceled in the college football season already. Justin Rowland will return with us. I am Billy Rutledge in for Tom Leach. We're about 26 hours away from kickoff. This is the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Broadcasting throughout the state of Kentucky, this is the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. I'm Billy Rutledge, in for Tom Leach today. You can follow me on Twitter at Billy R Sports, and joining us here on the phone is Justin Rowland of Cats Illustrated, all guests on the Leach Report, come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And, and Justin, let's talk a little bit about this Kentucky-Auburn game. Kentucky, a seven-and-a-half-point underdog going into Jordan-Hare Stadium. I mean, I'm running to the sports book to go bet that, Justin. It started at plus 10. Is this just continuing the national respect, or are there some legitimate question marks with this U.K. offense and the return of Terry Wilson? 
No, without question. I think there are some questions about the offense. You know, it's a great offensive line, and that's a great foundation piece, but your quarterback hasn't played in a full calendar year. Uh, you don't have proven options at receiver. And, you know, I think the whole running game benefited from having Lynn Bowden at quarterback. It took pressure and attention off of everybody. So, so yeah, you couple that with the fact that it's at Auburn and Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator for, for Auburn, has an incredible track record of coaching defense there. I think it's fair to say it's going to be really hard for Kentucky to score points. Now, there are some things working in Kentucky's favor, and I think the biggest is they appear to have the line of scrimmage advantage maybe on both sides, Auburn breaking in four new stars on the offensive line and replacing guys like Marlon Davidson uh, and Derek Brown on the defensive line. And in a year where COVID took away spring practice and caused so many players to be out with positive tests and contact tracing uh, recently, I, think, I don't think that's insignificant. And, you know, Kentucky's an experienced team going on the road. I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulders. But, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to score. I pick Kentucky to win, but, you know, I understand the line. The rise of Kentucky football, there's no better barometer. You could look at facilities. You can look at recruiting. I think there's no better judge of that and their uh, rise to success than the talent they have on the offensive and defensive lines. There's not many times that you can go into an SEC game versus Auburn and say Kentucky has the edge in the trenches. Would you agree with me and say that that defensive line battle specifically uh, against that Auburn offensive line replacing four starters is going to be the key to this game? Absolutely, 100%. This is, this is the most important position group for Kentucky tomorrow is the defensive line, and that's led by Quentin Bohanna, Josh Paschal moving up to provide the pass rush that Calvin Taylor provided last year, Phil Hoskins, Cordell Looney, Isaiah Gibson now. Uh, it, it's a deep line. Uh, there are a lot of young freshmen interested to see if any of those guys get in the game tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, that Auburn offensive line has come under some scrutiny and criticism from Auburn fans in recent years. It's been a little bit spotty and inconsistent. And, you know, they've got four new starters. I think their center started a few games last year. But that's a big question mark. And if Kentucky can get after Bo Nix and kind of mitigate, you know, whatever he might have going in the passing game with Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz, then, uh, then, yeah, it's going to be hard for Auburn to score as well. You know, Gus Malzahn went to Auburn, and, you know, he was like an offensive innovator, and everybody thought he was going to take the SEC by storm, but people have kind of caught up to that scheme. And, yeah, I, I think that they'll have a tough time scoring on Kentucky. You mentioned that it may be a tough time for Kentucky as well to score points. Would you agree and say that this Kentucky team is not built very well to come back from games? So there may be an emphasis on and gaining an early lead and not going down very quickly. Yeah, it's not built to, to come back. You know, I, I guess we don't know what the passing game is going to look like, but Josh Ali is really the only thing close to a proven pass catcher. And you know, even with more balance this season, going back to more of a conventional offense, this is still a team that's probably going to want to run the ball 60% of the time. You know, if Terry Wilson is throwing the ball 35 times tomorrow, that's probably not a good sign. It's not really a team... It's built for that in any respect. Even the offensive line is better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. So very important to start start strong early, and Stoops has talked about that, the importance of it with it being such an early start, too. Speaking with Justin Rowland of CatsIllustrated.com, follow him on Twitter, at Rowland's Rival. And, and speaking of those running backs, Justin, it looks like Kentucky has three thoroughbreds in their stables right now with Cavassier Smoke, A.J. Rose, and Rodriguez. 
How do you feed all those mouths? I mean, is it just a committee approach? I'm sure those guys don't have a ton of egos in the locker room, but when you got three talented guys like that and, and such a great offensive line, who do you think Kentucky starts with out of the gate? And who do you think is that who eventually becomes maybe that lead guy for Kentucky? Well, what really complicates it is the rise of Juton McLean. Right. In, in, you know, fall camp, you might have four. And if, if McLean is playing this fall, that's a very good sign for Kentucky because you know the other three guys are pretty good. I would say if you're running the ball 45 times a game, there's no problem keeping everyone happy because they're not going to be, the quarterback's not going to be running as much as Bowden did. So you're, you're talking about three guys maybe getting 100 to 150 carries on average between the three of them. That's more than enough opportunity for the three of them. I do think A.J. Rose is going to get first crack. He's going to be the starter. If you look at the depth chart, he's the only person on the one line, um, and that's consistent with the coaches and sources saying he's had a breakout camp, taking his game to another level. Um, he, he's probably the most advanced and, and mature in pass protection. Uh, he was on track to have a good pass receiving season last year before Terry Wilson got hurt, and I think he's the most complete back and and you you ride with a senior but they're all going to get a lot of carries bo nix will be the star for auburn the sec freshman of the year last year got a win in the iron bowl and played well but you know he didn't really play his best in the biggest games it was really the smaller opponents that he had his best stat lines and with new offensive coordinator chad morris I was talking about this with my last guest, Justin. This is going to be the fourth different play caller in five years for Auburn. And while it's only year two for Bo Nix, do you think that continuity issues could play an issue at all for Auburn and Auburn's offense? We talk about this weird preseason in 2020. The offense is usually a step behind in football when it comes to the defense and just continuity and and getting things clicking and maybe waiting until week three until they're at their full potential. Do you think that could be an issue for the sophomore and their new offensive coordinator? Yeah, normally I would say yes, but I don't think Chad Morris is going to be changing up too much other than maybe a little bit of a preference for the pass. I think he likes to air it out a little bit more. Um, I think Knicks is going to be a more experienced quarterback this year. The question is really the offensive line. and Kentucky Can Kentucky keep him in the pocket and bear down on him? When he wasn't pressured last year, he completed about 63% of his passes. When he was pressured, he completed about 32% of his passes. So everybody's worse under pressure, but Knicks... Uh, took a big tumble. Uh, one thing I would say to people who are, who are very critical of Knicks, he played a brutal schedule last year. They played Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Oregon, Texas A&M, Florida. I mean, that's just a brutal slate. If you put him against a normal college football schedule, his numbers probably would have looked very good. Uh, but, again, it's going to come down to that offensive line because he, he has some really good receivers to throw to. Just about 26 hours away from Kentucky's first game in a t- all-conference 10-game SEC schedule. They will take on the Auburn Tigers at noon. The Kentucky Wildcats, 7.5-point underdogs. And Coach Stoops starts year 8 at Kentucky with a 44-44 and record. Justin, finally, your thoughts on this game, your predictions on what Kentucky does in their first game. This is a popular upset pick. Are you feeling the same way? Yeah, I've picked. Kentucky to win. I think it was twenty-one to seventeen. I just can't see it being a high-scoring game with both schools, both coaches content to play these defensive battles. They're going to run the ball a lot. It's going to be a short game, I would imagine. And I just think Kentucky is a very senior-laden, very experienced team that's going on the road in a in a mostly empty stadium. They've got something to prove. And I think Auburn has enough turnover on the lines, and they've had a lot of guys out with contact tracing over the last month. 
one of the indicators that has that has kind of predicted outcomes is got teams that had the, the least spring practice and have had the most guys out for, for for contact tracing and things like that. So I just I think that the game suits well for Kentucky, and I think that they will eke out a defensive battle. Yeah, that COVID storyline will be one that we have to watch very closely as the season progresses. But if as it lines up for week one, Kentucky in a very favorable spot. Justin Rowland has been our guest from CatsIllustrated.com. Follow him on Twitter at Roland Rivals. Justin, thank you very much, and I'm sure we'll be talking very soon about more Kentucky football. I appreciate it, Billy. Thanks. Justin Rowland, our guest on the Leach Report that comes to you via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jeremy Jarman will join us of the UK Sports Network. Keep it locked here on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Leach Report, inching closer to game day. Kentucky Wildcats traveling to the Plains to take on Auburn Tigers at noon tomorrow. You can hear the KSR pregame show at 9 a.m. on 630 WLIP. Also, the UK Sports Network coverage will begin at 10 with the Don Franklin countdown to kickoff with Christy Thomas, Dusty Bonner, and our next guest via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at DoubleJJ90. That's Jeremy Jarman. Jeremy, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. And and there was a time this year I didn't think we were going to get to this point. What about you? Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, you know, I'm glad that we were able to able to figure out a, a, a you know a path to, to to be able to play football. And um, it seems like that uh, a lot of these institutions, if they're using medical resources and uh, they're integrating. Jeremy, um, I think it's very interesting that the Kentucky Wildcats are such big underdogs in this game. Seven and a half point underdogs as they go to Jordan Hare Stadium. I think in 49 states, it would be an upset if Kentucky were to win this game. But in Kentucky, I feel like there's a quiet, I don't even know if it's quiet confidence anymore, just a loud confidence about Coach Stoops entering his eighth year. Do you feel the same way? Here's the deal. Anybody... That truly understands the like roster makeups, and they understand experience. You can look at this team, and you know that they are very, very similar, if not better, on paper than the 2018 team uh, that beat Penn State. Uh, offensive, defensive line production, that experience at those positions, there in itself, Kentucky Week One, uh, they can compete with anybody in college football. That doesn't mean come week four, you know, there's obviously steps and strides that have to be taken. Mm-hmm. But the experience on this football team, especially in this climate, they can compete with anybody week one in college football. I think it's a big mismatch uh, for Auburn. Uh, this game right out the gate with the type of experience in the trenches that Kentucky has. And for that game to open as a 10-point spread, my my eyes, my eyes about <laughs> bulged out of my about bulged out of my head. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Um, I think it's wrong. Um, I think if a team's going to win by 10 or more uh, tomorrow, it's going to be Kentucky. I agree. And, uh, Jeremy, I'm a big fan of guys with football names. I remember when I went to Western Kentucky, there was a guy on the team named G Money Brown, and he he eventually became my favorite player. But Kentucky has one of my favorite football names in the uh, the NCAA this year, and that's Boss Man Fat. 
Kelvin Joseph, the defensive back and transfer from LSU, will be making his debut this year for Kentucky. Are you as excited to see him play for Kentucky as I am? I am excited to see him play. He brings a different element, obviously a different culture being from where he's from uh, down in Louisiana. Uh, Excited about him. Heard a lot of good things, a lot of positive feedback. He could be Kentucky's first one-and-done football player that I'm aware of. Uh, He's got a tremendous opportunity to come in and show that he can defend uh, the best wide receiver uh, on every SEC team. And uh, with that comes... Um, a lot of responsibility, and he's going to have the opportunity to display his his skill set. Now, Jeremy, we uh, earlier in the show commended the commitment of SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, as uh, you know he showed the patience. They delayed to September 26. Eventually, all these leagues are coming back and playing. But I think it was the leadership of the commissioner that eventually led to us having college football this year. But so far, as we enter week four of college football, week one of the SEC, we've had 21 games postponed in the first three weeks due to COVID. Now, the SEC has 10 games in a 12-week span. Would you just predict or estimate that we do have postponements in the SEC this year? It, it's possible. Uh, it, it is possible. I'm sure that they have some contingency plans. Uh, when you have that that amount of weeks, you know, if you have a, if you find yourself in a situation, you, you would probably have a little flexibility to to be able to maybe do a mid season hiatus, maybe an extensive uh, uh, <clears throat> bye week or two bye weeks in a row for all teams to have a chance to kind of be able to recover if it were to you know get to that point. So. We'll just have to see. I mean, we could sit around and speculate about about this uh, all day. Speaking with Jeremy Jarman, you can hear him on the UK Sports Network's coverage of Kentucky versus Auburn tomorrow. He'll be joined on the Don Franklin Countdown to kick off with Christy Thomas and Dusty Bonner. And Jeremy, let's talk a little bit more about this Kentucky team. Who is a guy that maybe not everybody knows, maybe not the fans that uh, they're all tuned in and knowing that this guy will be showing up on Saturdays. Who's somebody you're looking forward to seeing on Saturday? I'm looking forward to, to in particular, to seeing two players um, this weekend on the offensive side of the ball, and it's Allen Daly and it's Cavassier Smoke. Reason being, they're both Alabama guys. I understand, as a former player, the importance of those games, and I understand that... Sometimes it's those games that really bring out, uh, bring out, uh, I guess the, the player uh, and the playmaking ability. Uh, when you have an opportunity to compete against the teams that maybe did not recruit you or didn't value uh, you as a high school football player. Uh, so when I look at those guys, I say, what tremendous opportunities to be playing Auburn and Alabama this weekend. When, Go back to my freshman year. My first two sacks came against Fandy. Had a follow-up the next week as a redshirt freshman against Tennessee. Another pretty good performance against my home state schools in Tennessee. So my eyes will really be on those two guys offensively who have a tremendous amount of talent. And I want to see if this Auburn game is able to get them off to a fast start in 2020. In seven years under Coach Stoops, Kentucky is 44-44, and 44, and he is quickly rising up the Kentucky football ranks of all-time best coach. But, Jeremy, what do you think the next seven years holds for Coach Stoops and the K- Kentucky football program? Just looking ahead, do you think that uh, possibly some SEC East championships, some SEC championship games are in the future for this Kentucky program? I think when you look at the last recruiting class and you look at the quality of offensive and defensive linemen, 
Um, there's not a lot that has to be done to those individuals except policing them. Uh, in the past, guys like Josh Allen, you recruit those guys, you see the flash, you see the potential, but it may take you two or three years to get Josh where he needed to be. It's not going to take two or three years to get Justin Rogers where he needs to be. And some of the other, Josiah Hayes, some of these other players, they're going to be able to play earlier. And when you have that kind of talent coming in, they're playing early, they're getting the experience. The next step with with this group, this last recruiting class, is that I do have expectations that that last class could be the class that that that, that gets it done for Mark Stoops and takes the program to Jeremy the Jarman next has- level, which is competing. Jeremy, I really appreciate you joining us here on the Leach Report, Friday edition of the Leach Report, just before game day. And let's get your pick. You said if a team, any team is going to win by 10-plus points, it's going to be Kentucky. So I imagine you got the Wildcats pulling this one out. Yeah, we got to harass Bo Nix. And uh, <laughs> Bo Nix and Anthony Schwartz, those guys are just outstanding playmakers. So much respect for them as players. Uh, we have to corral Bo Nix. They have to get multiple sacks on him, not let him get into a rhythm, because they will put – uh, a lot on Bo going into this game because, uh, quite honestly, he can probably handle it. But we have to get after him. And if we do, uh, if we get three-plus sacks this weekend, I see, uh, and we can we win the turnover uh, battle, I say Kentucky. Uh, let's go Let's go 27-17 Kentucky. I love it. Double JJ90 on Twitter. And listen to him on the Don Franklin Countdown kickoff. Thank you, Jeremy. Yep, thank you. All right, and we'll take a break. We'll be back on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. SEC football is finally back. Kentucky at Auburn tomorrow at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Billy Rutledge. Follow me on Twitter at BillyRSports. And thank you to all our guests. This has been the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at g.